Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be connecting with you again this week. And just a reminder, this is a bonus episode because I am releasing this on the fifth Thursday of September 2022. And whenever there is a fifth Thursday of the month, that is a bonus episode. Generally speaking, the way I organize this podcast is the first and third Thursdays of the month, I release a coaching episode where I bring either a client or a community member onto the show and I coach them through a question or situationship that they're in. The second episode of the month is usually a solo episode where I deep dive into a topic. And then the fourth episode is usually a guest expert on an adjacent topic to your love life. Sometimes, however, I will do a solo episode as well. Today or this month is a little bit different because I wanted to do this self-trust series. And so I wanted to have three solo episodes all in a row. So the first two Thursdays of the month, I did coaching episodes. And then these last three Thursdays have all been solo episodes so I can do this series. So today is part three of the series about self-trust, and I hope you've been loving them. So I would love to know actually your questions or your thoughts or your insights, takeaways. You can send me a DM over at Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. Just send me a DM and I would love to hear, love to hear your questions, all that kind of good stuff. So feel free to connect with me there. And to quickly recap the first part on the series, I talked about why trusting yourself is foundational in your love life. And I know that might seem fairly obvious. However, I do encourage you to listen to that episode because I think it will highlight some or make light of maybe some patterns you have or habits you have. And you're like, ah, why do I do that? And if you can relate it back to self-trust or lack of self-trust and like, oh, I didn't realize that I trust myself here, but not there, right? So it can just kind of help you understand yourself a little bit better. And I'm a big believer in understanding because I think it makes a lot of 
things that you want to change, blocks, whatever you want to call it, limiting beliefs, a lot more grounded and much more smaller because you're like, oh, that's why I do what I do. Now I understand. You can see how that's more manageable than like, ah, I just, you know, don't trust myself. What do I do about that? Like you're giving that so much power versus understanding. You're like, oh, okay, got it. Cool. Now I can do something about it. Right. Part two of this series was about three reasons you don't trust yourself. Kind of the same thing there. Like it's not like three mistakes or this is why you don't trust yourself and you suck, right? Like that's not really the feeling or the intention of that episode, but it's just more about building understanding like, oh, that's why it's so hard to trust myself. That's why it's so hard. Now I get it. Now I get it. And again, it just gives you more and more power and this lack of self-trust less and less power. And that gives you again, more power, more energy to change it. And because it gives you the specific action steps that you can take in order to build self-trust become very clear and illuminated when you can better understand why the self-trust may not be there in the first place. I recommend listening to that episode before this episode, unless you've been a regular listener of this show and you've listened to what I've talked before about the law of attraction and some of the gaslighting nature of self-help. If I talk about law of attraction or gaslighting nature of self-help and you're like, what? Then I do think listening to part two will help you make sense of what I'm going to share in this episode. But if you're a longtime listener and you kind of know my deal with that, then you're probably good to listen to this episode first if you haven't listened to part two. Part one is definitely recommended listening, but it does not have to go in any particular order. So today I want to talk about how you can trust yourself more. And I give you three ways to do that. Um, Before we get to the three ways that you can begin to trust yourself more, what I want to do is just wrap up the conversation that I started in last week's episode, which was about the gaslighting nature of self-help. So a lot of self-help is gaslighting because it effectively encourages you to discount how you feel or why something bad might have happened to you. So for example, like I said last week, if you feel angry, but you think it's quote unquote low vibe to feel angry. So you either push that feeling away or you try to justify why you shouldn't feel angry, any of that kind of stuff, then ultimately you're gaslighting yourself because you're not really being true to what is the reality of the situation. And what the reality might be is that someone wronged you or was in the wrong or is treating you poorly. And you want to be honest with yourself about that rather than like, oh, well, it's my fault. I guess I could have communicated better. I shouldn't have gotten so angry, blah, 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 blah. Could you have communicated better? Maybe. I don't know. I wasn't there, but sure. Let's just assume. Sure. Could you have gotten not so angry? Again, sure. But Again, like that's not really the only thing going on here, especially if someone wronged you or it's just an unequal power dynamic in the relationship or you aren't getting your needs met in the relationship. And so you probably are going to be then more likely to lash out or be upset or whatever it is, right? So any kind of self-help that isn't culturally competent or isn't really mindful of the fact that you have needs and sometimes those needs aren't going to be met or you have feelings and sometimes those feelings are going to be hurt in some ways, then I think that it ultimately asks you to, you know, to disconnect from yourself. And that is when you begin to try to write off bad behavior. um, And that's when the gaslighting can happen. Okay. So here's how I like to approach self-help, both in how I 
like to show up on this podcast and in this community, but then also as someone who is a consumer, you know, of self-help, I love reading books. I love listening to podcasts. I, I will probably always have a coach and a therapist and probably other practitioners and healers throughout the rest of my life. And so I just want to share with you how I approach it. So it's a place where I'm not over consuming to the point where I get burnt out from it. And it actually does what it's supposed to do, which is freaking help me rather than make me feel worse about myself. So I like to think of the hero's journey. Okay, so the hero's journey is, I mean, I'm going to very lightly describe it. There's like books, literally books written about the hero's journey. So I'm not going to go too far into it. But essentially, a lot of books and stories, especially in Western literature, is very much based on the hero's journey. And the hero's journey, a really good example is Harry Potter. Another great example is Star Wars. It's almost like textbook hero's journey, right? You have your hero. And they were in a world where they didn't know what they didn't know, right? So this is like Harry Potter living in the muggle world, (laughs) didn't know there was this wizarding world. And then he finds out, oh my God, there's like this other world and I didn't even know. And then he knows, right? And then he has this thing to overcome. So he has like this evil, this, this Voldemort basically to overcome. And then he has a mentor to help him do that. And he has to be the one to overcome it right? Um, Star Wars is the same way. Like there's Luke Skywalker. He didn't know what he didn't know. And then he knew and he had to overcome, you know, Darth Vader and then all these other, you know, ensuing events, um, the dark force, or I'm not like a huge Star Wars person. So I'm more of a Harry Potter person, but you know what I mean? In Harry Potter, Dumbledore is the mentor to the hero. So he's Dumbledore himself is not the hero. He's just mentoring the person who has to overcome the obstacle. And same thing in Star Wars. Luke Skywalker is the hero. However, Yoda is the mentor. Yoda himself doesn't have to overcome or isn't the one to overcome the obstacle, right? This is how I like to approach, again, personal development as someone who is teaching it, but also someone who is consuming it. So if I'm potentially going to be the consumer, I'm like, is this person positioning themselves as the Harry Potter, like the hero of the story of the practice that they're talking about? Or are they truly letting themselves be in the background as the mentor, right? Are they playing a supporting role? And I think a lot of times because we do live in a world of like Instagram and influencers and da, 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 I do think that sometimes, especially people who, well, I don't want to say that, but I do think that sometimes people can mix up the two or blend the two and become more of the hero role, even though they're the ones that are supposed to be offering the help to the person who is consuming their content. And when they become the hero rather than the mentor, then it really becomes all about their way and their perspective and what they think and their opinions and their cultural competency and doesn't really allow space for other people's experiences or like, well, maybe what you said doesn't actually apply to 100% of people and has to be more nuanced, right? So that's the filter that I look at it through. And Again, not that you have to like listen to everything I say, and I hope you don't listen to everything I say because I have a million and one opinions and there's no way (laughs) that what I say applies to everyone and everything. But if that feels good to you, then I invite you to try it on and see how it works for you. Because ultimately, when we're talking about wanting to consume any kind of self-help, we're ultimately talking about self transformation. And when we're talking about transformation, I like to think of alchemy. And, you know, alchemy is like this old, like mythical, like, I don't know, science, mythology kind of thing, and turning metals into, you know, who knows 
what they were turning all that stuff into with alchemy. But regardless, alchemy required three things or requires three things. It requires the thing to be changed. So in this example, in self-help personal development, that's you or that's me if I'm the one consuming the coaching program or the book or the podcast or whatever. The next thing is the container, right? You need an actual container for change. This is why like advice here, advice there, and this little tidbit and that little tidbit don't necessarily have the same transformational effect because there's just no container to really hold that space for your transformation. So the container can be anything from like a podcast episode, although I would say that's a less powerful container than like a coaching session with someone or a coaching package with someone or a program where there's a start and there's an end and this is what we do and this is the journey, right? Like that is the container that allows for transformation. And then the third thing that is required, and this is where I think people get messed up. The third thing is the energy to change it, the energy for change. So you need the thing to be changed, that's you. You need the container, so that's the program or whatever thing is that you're buying or signing up for. And then there's the energy to change. And where people get messed up is when they become the hero or they kind of guru fire themselves. I'm not the energy to create your change. I am merely transmitting the practice, right? So whether it's inner child, work or meditation or embodiment work. Those are the practices that help you transform what you want to transform, right? I'm just transmitting it. I have learned it. I am studied it. And I am telling you what I know. I am guiding you through a practice, but I am no guru. I am no like, you know, God or no everything or whatever. And I think a lot of times, again, I do think it's because of the influencer culture that we live in, that kind of gets a little bit confused or messed up. And I, I think sometimes just an innocent mistake, like I think sometimes people just don't know what they don't know. And they've just they're either copying or emulating or learned from people um, who were doing the same thing and didn't really realize that for true transformation to take place, they actually need to put themselves in the backseat and be like that mentor to the hero, right? Like you are the hero. I'm the hero if I'm the one consuming stuff for me for my life. Do you know what I mean? So I think that this is a healthy way to approach self-help. I think it's a way that keeps integrity intact for all parties. And I think it's a way where you can consume self-help in a way that actually helps you and not makes you feel worse about yourself or not creates this pattern of disconnecting from yourself so that you can outsource your decision-making or is this right or is this right or is this a red flag or is that a red flag to other things or sources or people outside of you. So I invite you to try it on and see how it works for you and just use it as a filter the next time you're listening to a podcast or following someone on Instagram or thinking about a program to purchase or a coaching package to purchase or whatever, you know, just kind of check in and say, okay, who's the hero here, right? Or who is the energy to change in this, you know, in this alchemicalized um, situation? Is is it them? Are they like kind of goofying themselves? And again, it might be totally innocent, but um, I think it's a good question to ask because if they're more of the hero, then that can, again, potentially disregard your feelings, your thoughts, your experience. And um, I think that's going to create a lot of problems. All right. Okay. So moving on, I want to talk about three ways that you can begin to build self-trust. One of my favorite ways to help my clients build self-trust is to have a filter question that you ask yourself. um, And the way you do it is you ask yourself this filter question where the 
where you apply the question to another area of your life that feels really obvious, and then you apply it back to the situation that you're in. So for example, a very common filter question is that I've heard before is, you know, would you talk to a friend like this? Right. So imagine like all the shit talking you might talk to your, to yourself, like, uh, ah, I suck at this. Why didn't I do that? Like, what's wrong with me here? Right. And people often say like, well, do you, would you talk to a friend like that? And usually the answer is like, no. Right. And then it kind of can help you soften a little bit, be easier on yourself. So that's an example of a filter question. So let me give you another example. So let's say you are dating someone or you're in a relationship with someone, but you're having a hard time determining like, is this red flag behavior? Is this behavior I need to be worried about? Like, is this okay? Is this not okay? And if you've never really been in a healthy relationship or seen a healthy relationship, and especially in your home life, being in a healthy relationship might just be a little unknown, might be, you might not feel very confident in that, right? And so it's really helpful to have some filter questions to be able to build that confidence internally so you can then trust yourself to make a decision as to whether or not a specific behavior is okay. So here's an example of a filter question. You can ask yourself, well, if I had a daughter, maybe you do have a daughter, if I had a daughter, how would I feel about her experiencing this kind of behavior or being in this kind of relationship? right? That can be a really great filter question because it might be like, oh, hell no. Because <laughs> a lot of times we can be more productive over our kids than we can ourselves in our own well-being, right? So that can be one filter question. Another filter question, this is something I like to ask. And actually, I I did this when I was dating. Um, if I wasn't sure about somebody and I was like, oh, I don't know, like there's something really wrong, but you know, I was just kind of in that little wishy-washy kind of space. I would just ask myself like, is this someone I'd want to be with in five years? And if the answer was no, I'm like, okay, I guess that gives me the answer that I need right now, which is I just need to end this relationship because it's clearly this is not my relationship. This is not my person. So having some sort of filter question, I mean, there's so many examples of this. I'm trying to think of other examples that I've given to clients, but having a filter question that you can, that has a really obvious answer when you ask it in the lens of a friend or a kid or in five years or how would I feel if my parents were treating me like this? If you're like, oh, is this how I should treat my kid or not? Right? It can feel obvious. And then you apply it to your current situation. Now, again, obviously, there's nuance and things aren't necessarily the same. However, I do think it can give you a really good sense of like, oh, yeah, no, this is not good behavior. Or no, this behavior is inexcusable. Or this behavior is not good. And I need to set a boundary. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to walk away. Whatever it is, you know, doing something about it and what to do, that's a different story. And I'm actually going to help you do that at the end of this episode to make sure you listen, because there'll be something very exciting that I'm going to share. Um, However, first, you have to just get to the place where, you know, you know, if something is okay, or, or not. Okay, the second thing you can do to build self trust, and some of you might find this really fun. And then some of you might find this as like a hell no kind of thing. But that is to feel your feelings, especially the uncomfortable ones. One of the first exercises I give pretty much all my clients, I don't want to say 100% because I'm sure it's 100%, but probably like 90, 95% is I have them do anger work. Because here's the thing about emotions. We don't get to pick and choose which emotions we feel, right? We've also already established that your intuition and your emotions live in the same place. They actually work together. Your intuition is just basically how you feel about something. And then that determines if something is a yes or a no, right? And so you can't 
be like, I'm not going to feel anger, I'm not going to feel sadness, but I'll let myself feel joy and peace and calm and all these things that I do want to feel, right? That's just not how emotions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Work. You either suppress them all or you suppress none of them. Okay? So in order to build self-trust, you have to allow yourself to feel emotions. And so one thing that I encourage or give my clients, almost all of them to do at first is to have an adult temper tantrum, which is pretty much what it sounds like to feel their anger. If you're like, nope, can't do that. Not doing that. I know there's lots of reasons that women are uncomfortable with anger. I'm not going to go too much into it, but let's see a year and a half ago. No, gosh, almost two years ago. I think it was summer 2020. I did a series on anger on the podcast. So I will put links to those episodes in the show notes. So you can listen to those if you, if you'd like, However, feeling your anger does a couple things. One, it allows you to feel some feelings that you probably have suppressed. And maybe anger feels like a really strong word and anger isn't exactly the emotion that you feel. Let's say it's resentment. Well, anger is just stale resentment. Okay. (laughs) So I'm saying anger, but that's kind of a catch-all phrase to frustration, being mad, resentment, like all of those kind of things, like they still all fall under anger. Ultimately, you're still angry, right? So when you allow yourself to feel the anger, then you allow yourself to feel everything that a human can feel, which is the things that we want to feel and the things that we don't want to feel, okay? Um, But that's just part of being a human. There's no such thing as good or bad emotions, and there's no such thing as high vibe and low vibe, especially as it relates to emotions. I do think you can be low vibe in terms of like toxic kind of behavior, but in terms of certain emotions being low vibe and high vibe, no, it's all human emotion, which is just, it's neutral. I understand there are emotions that you want to feel more than others, and that's totally fine. I think you can do work so that you feel the emotions you want to feel as opposed to the emotions you you don't want to feel. But that doesn't mean you don't get to feel those other emotions. Because sometimes things, people do things that just friggin' piss you off and you got to feel what you feel. Do you know what I mean? And you're just a human. And that's just, again, that's just part of the, it's part of the contract you signed by signing up to be a human. <laughs> you know what I mean? The other thing that feeling anger does, and this I think is incredibly powerful. So think about every single political movement ever in the world, ever <laughs> in the world. Okay. It started from anger. And I don't care what political movement we're talking about, whether it's far right, far left, somewhere in the middle, someone was angry and they started some sort of movement around it. And then it catalyzed into something, right? And it brought about some sort of change. And I think it's easy to see that being true on the collective level. And I don't see it being any different on the personal level. 
Okay. So if you feel angry and you deny yourself how you feel and you're like, oh, I shouldn't feel angry. It's bad. Or it wasn't so bad. Or I kind of caused it too. Or I did that, you know, that kind of stuff. Then you're just allowing yourself to just stay in the same pattern. You're not really, again, I'm not going to go too much into that. I've talked about that a lot in this series already. But what you do when you do allow yourself to feel angry, what you're basically telling yourself is, yeah, I was wronged or that wasn't right what that person did or how that person treated me or what they said. That wasn't right. That was wrong. I deserve to be upset. I deserve to say something. I deserve to have a boundary or whatever it is. Can you see how that's actually empowering and how that can actually be a pretty big pattern interrupt to previous patterns you might've had when you're in relationship with other people? Can you see how that could catalyze like, yeah, I'm not going to stand for that shit. I'm going to have a boundary. I'm going to say something or I'm going to walk away or I'm going to do something different. Do you see how in the same way anger on a collective level can cause, create social change? It's the same exact thing on a personal level. Feeling the anger, allowing yourself to feel the anger can be that catalyzing force to experience something different, to do something different, which can create different patterns, um, experiences, relationships, all of that stuff in your love life. And again, I can't say this enough, your intuition and your feelings, they're like, they go hand in hand. You need to know how you feel in order to listen to your intuition. So the more in tune you are with how you feel, the more in tune you will be with your intuition. And when you're more in tune with your intuition, you can trust yourself more because you're like, I'm getting a no or I'm getting a yes. And then you can make decisions and take action from there. Okay, so the third thing you can do to start building self-trust, and by the way, these are not the only three things that you can do. I just wanted to give you three very bite-sized, very doable, tangible steps that you can start really beginning to feel that self-trust right away. You can feel that grow. Um, Okay, so the third thing is this idea that evidence builds confidence. So this is something I learned from my mentor, Elizabeth D'Alto. I've been working with her for a little bit now. And basically, it can be really hard to make a different decision or take a different action when you're at the beginning of something, right? Because you don't necessarily have a lot of evidence to back you up that this is the right call <laughs> or what you're doing is right or what you know is best or whatever, Okay. And so I get that. And so if you've struggled to be in healthy relationship, or if you've struggled to have healthy boundaries or healthy communication, um, it might feel hard at first because yes, there was a little bit of learning curve. Absolutely. And also you're like, I don't even know if I can do this because I don't have any evidence to support me otherwise. Okay. So you might not have previous evidence of being in a healthy relationship, but you do have evidence of your intuition working. Okay. So what I want you to do is I want you to, th- and you can even write this out, to be honest, if you if you really wanted to like get into this, which I encourage you to do. However, I know for many podcast listeners, you kind of do these exercises a little bit in your head, but I do encourage you to journal on this um, if you want to go the extra mile. And that is, I want you to write a list of decisions you've made in your life, big or small. It doesn't necessarily have to do with your love life. It can be your career or your health or friendships or a decision to move to a new city or a different house or whatever, whatever it is. And I want you to look at the decisions you've made. And I want you to note when you made a decision and your gut was like, you should do this thing. And you did that thing and ended up, you know, hindsight being 2020, like, yes, that was definitely the right thing, 
right? Like your intuition was working and you followed it. And now that you have hindsight, you're like, yes, that was definitely a good decision. It was a good thing I did that or made that choice. Now, let's say you're looking back at past decisions and you're like, well, actually I didn't make the right choice. Here's what I want you to ask yourself. A lot of times we actually know what intuition is saying, but we didn't follow it, right? So like I've worked with a lot of people saying like, hindsight, like I knew this person wasn't the right person for me, (laughs) but I married him anyways. And here we are 20 years later, right? So even though that might not feel like evidence building confidence, it still actually is because your intuition is right. You didn't follow it. You didn't trust it. And there's other forces at play that allowed that. So I'm not criticizing you and I don't want you to criticize yourself because again, there's good reason probably for not trusting your intuition because again, I have to go into that, but it still serves this purpose of evidence building confidence because it tells you your intuition is working. And again, evidence builds confidence. And so the more evidence you can build behind this idea that your intuition is just fine and you know exactly what it's saying, that can help you to build the confidence then to actually trust it and then follow through with it. Because what I often hear from women is, oh, I know what my intuition is saying, but I don't, I don't trust it or I don't do what it's saying or whatever. I do the opposite or I still do, you know, whatever. So I think that being able to build this evidence behind it that like, oh yeah, it is working. It's squeaky clean and it's actually doing its job pretty well. It can build that confidence, which can then help you to follow through on it in the future. Okay. So here are the three things really quickly. Have a filter question, feel your feelings, even, and especially the uncomfortable ones, especially anger. And the third thing is, write a list of all the decisions that you had to make or have made in your past. Again, doesn't necessarily have to do with your love life, um, but ultimately the goal is evidence building confidence. Now, moving forward, as you start making decisions in your love life or wherever that are based on intuition, that will continue to build the confidence, right? But like if you're at the beginning right now, you might need to look back and draw on some other situations in your life where you have had to, you know, make decisions. You have to draw on your intuition from, from there. Okay. And the last thing you can do to trust yourself, and honestly, this is one of the most important things that you can do and probably shouldn't be a big surprise considering the podcast you're listening to, is to do the deep work and specifically the inner child work and to heal your core wounds. Now, if you've ever been in a relationship and you're like, oh my gosh, this person is the one or the love of my life, or even if it wasn't a full-on relationship, it was just a few dates or you met someone and you just felt like this I don't know, this intuitive pull, this magical pull, you might have really thought like, wow, this is this is it. This is my person and your intuition is telling you this. And then when that is not what happens, this person isn't the love of your life, it can feel like, wow, my intuition leads me astray. I can't trust it or my intuition was wrong. How could have gotten that wrong? And of course, this can lead to a lot of, or a lack of, I should say, self-trust and all that kind of stuff. However, your intuition does not lead you astray, and that is a hill I will die on. Here's what's really going on. Your core wounds have created voids, right? You might have a void around abandonment or feeling lonely or feeling good enough or whatever, right? And when someone can come in and fill those voids just so perfectly, it feels so, so good. And that can get very confusing with what your intuition might feel like. Because when your intuition is giving you a yes, and you're having an intuitive yes, it can feel really good. It's exciting. It's like, yes, this is it. I want to do this, or I want to do that. And the same thing can be very much true when a void is getting filled, even if it's not in the most healthy or sustainable way. 
But in reality, it's really just that intoxicating feeling of having your voids filled. So the work is when you do inner child work, there's so many things involved in inner child work. In some ways, inner child work is really just about self-love, which is true. But in other ways, inner child work at its core is really just building self-awareness and getting to know yourself. And so the more inner child work you do, then the more you'll be in tune to the subtle differences between what it does feel like when something is just your voids getting filled as opposed to a deep knowing, a deep intuitive yes. That's why doing the deep work is so important to trusting yourself And honestly, they really go hand in hand. You will just naturally learn to trust yourself more the more that you do inner child work because you'll be like, oh, I know what this is. This is my 10-year-old self, you know, wanting dad's love or whatever. Or this is my eight-year-old self wishing mom were, I don't know, more affectionate or whatever it is. Um, And then when you realize that, then you can begin to make different choices in your present day life. And that's ultimately how you can then shift patterns and all that kind of stuff. And again, you will be able to discern that it does take practice, though it does take practice. It's not something that you can just figure out logically, in my opinion. And it's also why, you know, these feel good memes or like, yeah, I'm going to trust myself kind of like hashtag girl boss kind of things. Sometimes we do just need a little kick in the pants. But a lot of times when we're building self trust, it's actually about healing core wounds. And those you know, feel good memes, you know, affirmations, they only get you so far. And this is the heart of my program, Intuitive Dating. And by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, I'm changing my program that I launched over the summer that I called Embodied Dating. I'm changing it to Intuitive Dating, which I'll be opening up soon. I'll talk more about Intuitive Dating soon. So you'll be hearing more about that. Keep an eye and ear out if you're interested. But this is really the core of what we do in that program. It's, it's yes, it's about intuitively dating, um, taking control of what you can, and then letting go of what you can't. And we primarily do that through doing the deep work, building that self-awareness so that you can be really clear on, I'm feeling this, I need to do that, or I need to ask for that, or I need to set this boundary, or this is actually my side of the street that I need to clean up and heal for me. So In the lead up to intuitive dating, I'm hosting a completely free experience called the Fix Your Picker Adventure. And I'm super excited about doing this together with you all. First of all, I'm really excited about the name. I've had so much fun putting it together. Um, Yes, we're talking about some really big, deep topics and the Fix Your Picker Adventure. However, it is called the Fix Your Picker Adventure. So my goal is also for it to feel fun and light and not too heavy. Because sometimes when we get into this kind of work, it's like, oh, I'm like a work in progress. I have so much work to do. I'm so broken or da-da-da-da-da. And none of those things are true. And while, yes, the work is can sometimes feel like a lot. I don't want it to feel like a lot because then honestly, you probably just won't do it because it won't be it won't feel good, right? So the fixer picker adventure is going to be super fun, but you're going to learn so much about yourself, you're gonna learn so much about your intuition. And really, my goal is for you to have your intuition be your superpower. So each day for the five days of the adventure, I'll teach you a skill to help you trust your intuition and to strengthen it. 
And I'm going to host our adventure on a private Instagram account. I've been starting to do that. And it's really fun because everyone's already on Instagram anyways. Um, you have to be in the adventure in order to get access to the Instagram. So it's not like a public page or, or whatever. Um, but I will be hosting IG lives. Um, I will also do a couple Zoom calls throughout the week so that you can get direct access to me and we can have more of that back and forth so I can coach you. Um, I'm going to teach a couple classes on intuition, et cetera, et cetera. So to get the itinerary, <laughs> aka the schedule for the week, um, and also access to the private Instagram account for the Fixer Picker Adventure. All you have to do is go to veronicagrant.com forward slash fixyourpicker. And we start October 10th. So depending on exactly when you're listening to this, that's probably pretty soon. And if the adventure has already started, but it's still the week of the 10th, still sign up because you still get access to everything and you'll continue to get access for several weeks after the adventure ends. So even if you're listening to this a tiny bit late, then go ahead and sign up. And if this is like way after October 2022, when you're listening to this, then you can still go if you're interested. And it'll either lead you to a wait list for next year's adventure or it will lead you to some sort of evergreen adventure that I may put together. So that is a little bit TBD. So here are some of the things you're going to learn in the adventure. You're going to learn how to know if someone is right for you, or if it's fear that's causing you to push them away. So a lot of times, if you've had a pattern of being in unhealthy relationships or emotionally unavailable relationships, you might kind of get really confused, like, okay, do I just not like this person? Or am I actually pushing the person away? So we're going to talk a lot about that during the adventure. I'm also going to teach a class about the science and spirituality behind intuition. I do believe that there is a spiritual element to intuition. And there absolutely is science behind it as well. And when you can understand both, then you can understand how to use intuition better in your, honestly, your life, but obviously, we'll be talking about it in the context of your love life. You will also learn what appropriate expectations, boundaries, and timelines are in a relationship and how to know what you need for a fulfilling relationship. You also learn some skills to building your confidence to actually follow through with your intuition. So a lot of times women tell me, oh, I know what my intuition is telling me. I just don't do it. So I'm going to teach you a few of my favorite skills to try to not do that and actually follow through with your intuition. Um, it's going to be super fun. You get direct access to me for the week. And then if you do decide that, you want to do intuitive dating afterwards, then you'll have a really good taste as to what that program is like. And some of you might do the fixture picker adventure and you get all you need and you don't need to do intuitive dating after that. And that's totally fine too, either way. So again, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash fix your picker to sign up totally for free. And we'll also have that link in the show notes. All right, my dear, I hope you've enjoyed this series. I can't wait to hear from you. Can't wait to hear your insights. And I cannot wait to see you in the challenge. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.